Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, girls, everybody, welcome in, welcome back. It's been a while. I've been incredibly busy, too busy to do a podcast. I have been on Twitter, which I'm sure you've seen. I try to make that part of my daily routine as best I can with my schedule, which is upside down, backwards, sideways. It's nuts. But uh, we are back, and I, I had to get this in. I mean, there's no better way to celebrate my 38th birthday than doing a podcast. And I had to get it in because Notre Dame is in the College World Series. How awesome is that? And I I swear, if, if our baseball team wins a national championship before our football team, that's going to be something. Not before, you know what I mean. Like, obviously our football team has a bunch. I'm just talking about in the last 30 years. You know. And they're back for the first time since 2002 when I was just a high school senior. That's, or high school graduate, I guess, because the World Series would have been in the summer. It's been a while. It's been a while. It was huge. The weekend, if you were following me on Twitter, if you were following any Notre Dame sports fan on social media, we were, man, we were excited. We were thrilled to pieces. It was, it was nuts. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, oh, we're coming back to that. I will touch on some football stuff, some recruiting stuff, some Marcus Freeman stuff, because well, I do mostly football stuff. That's kind of what I know most about. As you're going to learn about what I do and do not know about the baseball team here shortly. So we'll get through it. But you know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Let's go. All right, so the recruiting stuff. Let's just jump into that real quick because I went for like a, a three-day back and forth with some Michigan nutheads that were – pretty upset about the whole C.J. Carr thing. And then that became Michigan is better than Notre Dame. And that's just not true. They're going to hang their hat on, the what, three years ago now? Are we going on four? I forget how long ago it was. Yes, Michigan beat Notre Dame. Yes, it happened. It was ridiculous, 45-14. to 14. It was not a fun game. I get it. But who's left from that game on any roster for either team? Not many players. I just... I don't get it. Not even the same coach at this point for Notre Dame. So, I don't know what the argument is uh, regarding that. But, man, that was fun. I They just kept regurgitating the same information, and it made no sense. And It's the same old, same old. But they were pissed about C.J. Carr because he's a five-star quarterback, born in Ann Arbor, raised in Ann Arbor, 
Dad was a quarterback for Michigan in Ann Arbor. Grandfather was Lloyd Carr, the last football coach. They keep saying, real quick, they keep saying Lloyd Carr is the last Michigan head coach to win a national championship. But they don't say it correctly. He's the last coach to win a half a championship. Because it was shared. Nebraska and Michigan got to share that one. I just don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't do, do like, is it like, you know, me and my ex-wife? Like, it's like spring break kind of thing. Or I get the even years, she gets the odd years. Does like Michigan get it on the even years? They get to have the trophy and like the odd years, Nebraska gets it. I I don't know how to share, how you share a championship. I don't know how all that works. Maybe we'll have to get with Michigan fans so they can explain it to us. Because all the ones we have, while it's been a while, I get it. They're ours and they're nobody else's. We don't share them. We don't have to work on a custody battle in court on who gets it when and why. And I, I don't know. I don't know who gets Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. Do you bring it to Thanksgiving? Do you show it off to your friends? But then it's got to go back. I, it's very confusing. So yeah, but Lloyd Carr was the last one to win a half a championship, and he happens to be CJ Carr's grandfather. Not to mention CJ Carr's other grandfather was an All-American safety at Michigan, and CJ Carr still said, uh, "No, thank you. I'm going to go to Notre Dame." Which it's all fun to stand on a soapbox and shout that out and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, if you read the stories, he was never going to Michigan. And whether it's because he's sick of Michigan fans like we are and just being sick of being the Michigan, I don't know. There's so many facets of it. it it's a lot of pressure because you were born into it and you lived it. And that's like, I don't know. But I could care less what the story is. All right, I could not care less what the story is. We got him. We have him. He's already recruiting for us for 2024, and that's fantastic. Love it, love it, love it. So, we got CJ Carr, but he is a 2024 commit. What about 2023? And a guy also from Michigan named Dante Moore, who is kind of the the prize we were looking for, right, guys? That's That's who we were shooting for the stars for. And I've heard so many stories that Dante Moore was likely to commit to Notre Dame when he took all those pictures on the gold chair and this and that, partly why they did all the theatrics with that. I mean, it was Dante Moore and you're going to go all out. But supposedly there was some motivation. Like, oh, he, this dude's going to commit this weekend. And you know what happened the week of him arriving in South Bend to do that visit. I, I don't even I can't even say the guy's name. It don't matter. The quarterback that went to Tennessee. The that kid's name. He got some redonkulous NIL deal. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Fact of the matter is it was widely reported it was like eight million dollars. And funnily enough, Dante Moore all of a sudden, now again, these are just reports. There was nothing confirmed, nothing just going by reading things, listening to other podcasts that are way bigger and way more informed than I'll ever be. I know this. I'm just a fan. I'm passionate. I love my Notre Dame fighting Irish sports, especially football. But I don't have some of the connections that these other people do. Listening to them, Dante Moore was rumored or thought to be committing. This $8 million NIL 
junk comes up. All of a sudden, Dante Moore doesn't commit. And you got to believe that has some influence. Like, hold on, wait a second. I can get that kind of cash? Let me look at all my options. And what you're hoping is he's going, I really want to play for Notre Dame. I really want to play for Marcus Freeman. I, I want to be part of that program. But Notre Dame isn't offering the the bag of money like some of these other places are doing, like the SEC in general. Um, but I know he, Oregon's on, on the radar for him, and uh, that's Pac-12 and all that. But point being is you're hoping he really wants to be here and the money is kind of dragging him versus I just want the money. Like you're, you're hoping the dragging out of the commitment has to do with his strong desire to be in South Bend and not just looking for the money. And he's just weighing his options. Okay, so that's part of it. But now that CJ Carr is committed, what do you do if you're Dante Moore? Do you come in and say, well, I'm going to be the class before you, and if I step on the field, you're never going to see the field. So good luck to you. Or does he say, well, shoot, there's already a five-star kid there. Um, he's highly touted. He's out of Michigan. I know what he's about. And I, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. No thanks. I'm just I'm going to go find my own, create my own path, and uh, you know pass on Notre Dame. And I do believe, which I think we all believe, more is a little bit better than Carr. Uh, but we still have Tyler Buckner for at least this year and next. So 22 and 23. Meaning, Carr come in and be a freshman and start. Is that ideal? I don't know. Um, Jimmy Clausen survived. I mean, he got his ass handed to him as a true freshman. But he survived. And if Charlie Weiss knew that the other side of the football existed, maybe Notre Dame could have won something of significance during the Charlie Weiss era. Because it's great that you put up 40 points a game, but if you give it 42, it really doesn't fucking matter. I digress. Uh, so it could work out fine because you don't want just back-to-back-to-back-to-back classes of five-star quarterbacks. That's never going to work. It just There's only one quarterback on the field most times. Uh, maybe you get a two-quarterback something or other, right? Or some sort of weird rotation packaging like we did with Buckner. I, I get all that. But at the end of the day... In a perfect world, you got one quarterback. And if you keep bringing in five-star quarterbacks, they're not going to stay. I mean, look around the country. These teams that keep bringing in these top-rated, top-rated quarterbacks, they don't all stay because they want to play. That's just how it goes. So if you bring them in back-to-back-to-back-to-back years, the example I just provided, Dante Moore decides to commit to Notre Dame. Boom, he's in. He doesn't obviously play in 23. That's Buckner's run. And Buckner needs to be what we think he can be. And that will happen. So then, redshirt year for Moore, he comes in, which would be Carr's freshman year. Well, Moore lights it up. He's the he's king shit. He's the man. Is Carr going to see the field for the next two years? No, he is not. Is Carr going to sit around and wait those two years and, and shrink his window of opportunity? It's just it's cyclical. You can't do it every single year. So, maybe... I, don't get me wrong. If I want more to commit, and we will cross this bridge happily whenever the hell it comes. Um, but to you know, 
be a little realistic and a little devil's advocate here. If Moore doesn't commit, it is not going to be the end of the world. Assuming, which if you know how the assuming phrase goes, don't assume things, you make an ass out of you and me. I know. But assuming Buckner is who we believe he him to be, we're good for 22 and 23. Carr comes in if he is this five-star kid by, and by all, here's the other thing. Is, is C.J. Carr just a name, like an Arch Manning? Because I've heard rumors about Arch Manning being more of a name than a player. But is C.J. Carr just a name, or is he a player? Here's the thing. The Manning link is a little bit different, only because Carr's dad, Jason Carr, was just another quarterback on Michigan's roster. And according to Jason Carr, C.J.'s dad, He'd have been something if he wasn't on the same roster as uh, Brady and, um, God damn it, was it Greasy? I don't know. He, he overlapped two Michigan greats, you know, as much as we hate Michigan. Acknowledge they've had players. So anyway, but, and then Lloyd Carr was just a coach. He wasn't a player, whereas Manning, Eli, and Peyton, and uh, Arch is actually the son of, uh, was it Connor? I think. I think it's Connor Manning. It doesn't matter. The other Manning who got hurt. He was a receiver, got hurt. His football career was over. He's actually got some, and his, obviously Archie was a phenomenal football player in his own right, his grandfather. So the Manning family player tree is a little bit stronger. So you're going to maybe, oh, he's a Manning, so give him a bump where the cars have no history of being studs on the football field. So why are you going to slap a five-star rating on a kid because of a name, because his grandfather was a coach? Like, it, and I guess his grandfather was an All-American safety. They played the game, but um, but what I'm hearing is C.J. Carr is a player, not just a name. So if Buckner is what we think he is, Carr is what he's projected to be, not getting more is not going to be the end of the world. Okay? Now, 24 may, may be a little bumpy. And uh, we do have a tough schedule that year again because we got the $30 million class of Texas A&M on the schedule. But it, we're still set up to be good in the future. Okay? So we got C.J. Carr. And the kids on and the kids on board, guys. The kid is on board. If you look at his the stories released about him, um, the from him saying from an early age, like I I really don't want to stay in Ann Arbor. I'm not about to be born, raised, and no, I need to get out. I'm not going too far, ideally, but I'm getting out. So he had Notre Dame. But the fact that he committed this early tells me he's no nonsense. He's no he's not a hat flipper. He's not a I'm just gonna, uh, you know, more and more, lack of a better phrase, but take advantage of these other schools and let them show me around and, you know, pamper me. And in reality, I have no desire or interest in your school whatsoever. He said, "Let me cut all the bullshit. I'm committing Notre Dame. Go Irish. Let's do the damn thing." So now he's already jumping in recruiting. I just, it, this is not a long con, okay? There's no, you're not gonna do all this. Like this guy's in. He's not going to decommit because I've heard that. Oh, look at Cade McNamara. Yeah. Oh, no, we lost Cade McNamara. How's that going, by the way? Because he still wouldn't be seeing the field at Notre Dame, just so you know. 
Mr. Michigan fan. He was not going to supplant Ian Book, and Jack Cohn put up way better numbers than Cade McNamara has in his one and a half years of sharing time at quarterback, even though he got most of the reps, I think, last year. But it, point being, we're not broken up about losing Cade McNamara. Chill the fuck out. C.J. Carr is also not Cade McNamara in terms of star rating and potential and skill set and all that other happy horse shit, right? Carr is better. And it's even sweeter because he's a lid, like, he was born a Michigan man, and he said, fuck y'all. Love it. Love it. So he's the real deal. He's on board. He's already recruiting for Notre Dame. And and that's the other cool thing about rec- signing so early. Not signing. He's obviously got to sign when time comes. But committing so early is now you get these top flight receivers. That's one of the hindrances of more waiting. Not for Notre Dame, but for anybody, regardless of where more goes. There might be kids out there who are looking at more and kind of like, okay, like I'd love to play with this dude. Like he's a dude, but where is he going to go? So I don't want to commit yet because then like it's – the quarterback position matters, especially in today's football. And you you want to play with studs. And these receivers are probably thinking the same damn thing. So the fact that Carr committed this early, boom, start recruiting. Let's, let's get our team built, okay? And – I'm excited about it. It's awesome. It's so cool. And speaking of the future and the recruiting, we still have the number one class in 2023, and currently it's not close. I know it's early. It's way early. We haven't had the hat flippers. We haven't had all the five-star Alabama kids and Georgia kids and whatever, right? They haven't done their thing yet. I get it. But right now, this isn't Notre Dame as the number one class because of just sheer numbers, which is why Texas Tech, Cincinnati, and Northwestern are 2, 3, and 4. They're just sheer numbers. They have so many commitments already that by default, the numbers game, you know, quantity versus quality, they have the quantity. Notre Dame is number one because there is some quantity, but it's very much a lot of quality. Our average rating right now is 92.7, and that would... He put us as a top five class at the end of the whole cycle, right? But currently we have one five-star, 12 four-stars to only two three-stars. That is a very, very different and far cry from what we're used to seeing in Notre Dame's recruiting breakdown. Typically, it's, let's be honest, call it what it is, it's no five-stars. And then... Kind of a 50-50, four-star, three-star, maybe a few more four-stars because it is Notre Dame and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's never been this top-heavy that I can remember, you know. And there's there's only one thing that changed, and his name is Marcus Freeman. So this dude is just blazing a trail, and it's it's gonna, it's gonna lead to success. You can listen to all the haters. Oh, he doesn't coach the game, or the one game he did coach, they lost. And if you're using that as your barometer as to what Marcus Freeman is or isn't going to be, um, it's you either hate Notre Dame, which very likely by most of the people that are talking about this shit, or you're you're very short sighted and you know in today's um, you know what have you done for me lately type of mentality. That was a lot for a first-time head coach to be thrown into um, against a veteran 
led team in terms of the coaching staff in Oklahoma State. Okay. It looked great. Yes, we were in 28-7, and we should have won, and I get it. But like, he, he's going to – there is a learning curve here, guys, and it, just, it is what it is, okay? But he's doing the things you need to do to create success on the field, and that's have the players good enough to win you football games. Look at Georgia. They had Stetson freaking Bennett as their quarterback. Now, I know we're set up with Buckner right, and then Carr, and you know we're looking at more. I get all that. But Georgia won because I, I think their starting 11 was drafted in the NFL, okay, on defense. Sorry, on defense. They had five stars all over their defense. And so, like, you need the dudes, okay? You need to have the players. And he's starting there because, you know, you this is how – Vastly different. Like Notre Dame is number one, and number two is Texas Tech. No five stars, three four stars, and fifteen. Or sorry, yeah, three four stars and fifteen three stars. Cincinnati, no five stars, three four stars, sixteen three stars. So like the guy, the teams behind them have fifteen three stars, sixteen three stars, sixteen three stars, and like no four and five stars. It, Notre Dame is going to end up with a top five class. There's no doubt in my mind. Marcus Freeman is a dude when it comes to recruiting. And we're going to find out what that means on the field pretty soon. September 3rd is getting closer and closer every single day. And, you know, as close as I'm getting to 40, that's how much closer we're getting to Notre Dame playing Ohio State on September 3rd. And apparently Freeman's talking all kinds of shit. Or, or maybe, just maybe, he's being honest. And for as long as I can remember, the thing people hate the most is when you're honest with them. They don't like honesty. They want you to sugarcoat and, you know, kind of dance around and, you know, make things better than what they really are and everything else. They don't, they don't want the brutal, honest truth. You know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too at times. Don't, I'm not talking out of turn here. I'm guilty of it too, okay? It sucks. But Ohio State does not like being told that Notre Dame has better academic standards. As if that was a question. (laughs) That's the problem. As if that was a question. I don't understand. They're, They're getting mad as if they're Northwest. Like, I'll use the Big Ten. They're getting mad from an academic standpoint as if they're fucking Northwestern. Like, if we were talking shit about Northwestern's academics, okay. And I'm, I'm saying talking shit because he wasn't talking shit. He was just saying that no, Notre if If he were to say, which I guess it would be talking shit, if he were to say Notre Dame's academic standards are way more rigorous than Northwestern's and it's not even close, well, okay, that's... It's a little off there, sir. I, that's not exactly entirely accurate. Here's the problem. Ohio State is not Northwestern. Okay. And you can take online classes at Ohio State. Like, he said things that are factually true, and now he's got to walk it back because it made uh, – it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. It's dumb. And it's only going to get dumber as September 3rd gets closer. That's just how it works. And 
they're going to, oh, we're going to take so much joy to beating the shit out of Notre Dame. You want to shit on Ohio State? He didn't say anything about the football team. He's actually acknowledged that you're good. We're, what, what was it, uh, 13-point favorite, might as well make it 14, or uh, I think that was the the quote, you know. Just keep, yeah, make it bigger. They're a good football team. He didn't talk shit about your football team. We know you got a good football team. I say all the time on this fucking show. You know, we, we strive to be Ohio State and Alabama and now I guess Georgia and Clemson. Notre Dame aspires to be that. We're close. We're not that. We're closer than Michigan. <laughs> Heck yeah, we are. We're not that, though. But what we are is a better academic institution than Ohio State will ever be. That can't be argued. But yet, somehow, they're trying to make it an argument and an actual debate. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, that's Ohio State for you. That's what a buck nut is. A buck, a, a nut eye. A, a nut in your eye. But, but how's it go? Fucking Buckeyes. God damn it. Love you, Ricky. My cousin is a graduate. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, but he is an OSU graduate. And uh, there are moments where I root for Ohio State, you know, just for him. Uh, me and him were really close. But I, I did get to party in Columbus. So, you know, give him some credit. I saw how stupid their fan base is up close and personal. <laughs> Back in 2003. <laughs> But uh, it's only going to get worse, guys. It doesn't matter what Freeman says. Um, you know, he can say, I saw, you know, every Ohio State football player in person. And, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna score 50 on us. And they would say, no, we're going to score 100, you liar. It, it doesn't matter. That's who they are. It's what they do. Just we'll talk more about that when it gets closer. Because right now, we have more important things on the agenda, like Notre Dame and the College World Series for the first time in 20 fucking years, man. We did it. We, we slayed the dragon that was the Tennessee Volunteers. What an obnoxious group of people. Oh, my God. Now, I, I can be obnoxious. I can be loud. I get it. Like, I get it. But there's there's a level, man. Like, and I don't follow college, college baseball that closely. I mean, I did because Notre Dame was good this year. We were ranked number one at one point, as a matter of fact. And we were ranked all season, as a matter of fact, despite what these fucking idiots are saying. Unranked Notre Dame. How do you lose to unranked? Well, first of all, it was unseated Notre Dame. Seedings are different than rankings. And we shouldn't have been unseated. That was a bunch of bullshit. And we showed them what the fuck was up. Like, fine, you don't want to seat us? You want to put us in the 16 fucking uh, regional? Got you. We'll run through this shit real quick. And then we did. But um, nobody's been good, so I've been following baseball. Tennessee is... I know they were good. I get it. But some of my favorite moments were just their, their stupidity and cockiness. Drew Gilbert, take a fucking walk, bro. Oh my God, that face, you look like a little, my six-year-old reacts like that. So, you're a six-year-old? That's my favorite picture of the whole fucking tournament so far. Outside of Notre Dame 
so dogpiling on your field, holding up the 2002 World Series banner, taking a badass picture with the World Series birth little poster, but then Drew Gilbert just jaw on the floor. What? I I can't say whatever the fuck I want to your fucking face, you fucking umpire, you fucking fuck. Which is probably something along the lines of what he said. Um, and then he don't, you can't say that? No. No, you can't. You can't. And he was the same jack wagon that thought he could lean into a pitch, put up his elbow, get plunked on his elbow guard because he knew it wouldn't fucking hurt, and then trot to first base. No, 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 no. Come back here, you asshole. You can't lean into a pitch and throw your elbow up and get first base. That's not how that works. A, a good job getting thrown out at second base. Tremendous move. The ball got like four feet away from the catcher. You took off running. <laughs> Out. That was key too, buddy. That was a big play. Shouldn't have done that. Maybe maybe next time don't do it. But they were good. They dominated. They had more wins than we had games played. Okay? They were legit. They were ranked number one in all types of statistical categories. But at the end of the day... Playing like a team wins games. And being a showboat, cocky motherfucker doesn't, last time I checked. Like rounding the bases, giving the finger to the other team, the fans, whoever, man, that doesn't win baseball games. You know what else doesn't win baseball games from a fan's perspective? Moaning and groaning after every single pitch. If a Tennessee pitcher was on the mound and it wasn't a strike, oh! And if no name pitchers on the mound, and it was a strike, oh! Every fucking time, are you kidding me? God, it was worse than the Van- Vanderbilt Whistler. Jesus. Anyway, I don't get excited ever, never, not once, not me. But <laughs> we beat them, guys. I didn't know if it was possible because of the statistics they were throwing out, everything else. But I told my dad. Told my wife, told my son, I was like, listen, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now, despite all the things I'm talking shit about them for, they were the best. Like, that that can't be argued. Were they the best team ever? Obviously not. Because they're done. They didn't even make the World Series. They thought that was a just a gimme. Foregone conclusion. And you know what? Problem for them is, they overlooked Notre Dame, who... You, you could argue this both ways. You could argue Notre Dame got the short end of the stick by not getting a host, uh, not get to host a regional. Then you had to play Tennessee. Like, oh, fuck. But then Tennessee could be like, hey, what the fuck? We're number one and we got to play this team that was ranked number one at one point, who has been ranked all season, who was probably the best team in the ACC. We had to play them. But, hey, they didn't look at it that way. And we looked at it, hey, we got to play you. Let's beat you. So... Now that we've done that, it, you know, we're we're good enough. We proved it. We're really good at baseball. And and somebody else pointed out to me. I said that you know I, somebody made a comment about uh, Notre Dame did everybody a favor by beating Tennessee, like as if it was just some dumb luck we tripped and fell, and like whoops, you know, some lucky bounce. And I was like, or. Notre Dame just is really good at baseball. Maybe that's what it is. And someone's like, or you just had a good day. I'm like, twice? Twice over we had a good day? Because that's the thing. 
It wasn't a one-off football game. It wasn't a one-and-done. This was a three-game series, and we won. When you when somebody wins a series, it does it isn't because they had a good day. All right, so cut that bullshit out. When they were having a good day, you could argue that Tennessee was the better team, but you can't say, "Oh, Notre Dame just had a good day." They had a good days, multiple, because we won two of the fucking three games. But again, nobody likes Notre Dame. In when it's convenient for them. But that Sunday, everybody loved Notre Dame because nobody liked Tennessee. So, on to Texas. And what does that mean? Here's where it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm going to talk about Notre Dame versus Texas, some statistics and things like that and whatnot. But, I, and I'm going to kind of look ahead. I'm, I don't know if it's going to be a and It could be OU. But just going by who's supposed to be the better team, I'm going to say it's A&M compared to OU. Whereas Notre Dame compared to UT, we're damn near the same. And we were ranked very close at the end of the season. They just happened to get a host. Uh, no, they didn't even host. That's right. They had to go to East Carolina. So they were on the uh, non-hosting side of the coin, if I'm correct in that. Yeah, they were in East Carolina for... Uh, the Supers. Oh, no, they got to host a regional. That's it. They got to host a regional in the top eight, host a, a, a Super. Yeah, they got to host a regional. We didn't. But um, we're really close. It's it's wild, you know. But I'm looking forward to it. We already beat – we knocked Texas Tech out, okay. Now we got Texas. And I I think we beat Texas on Friday. And then we'd probably still have to play A&M. As a Texas resident, that's exciting. We can knock out the whole fucking state of Texas. Let's do it. You know, again, guns up, guns down, horns up, horns down, gig them, don't gig them. I don't know, thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know. But UT's good, guys. Uh, the, the new UT. We already knocked out one orange UT. Now we got to play another orange UT who's not quite as obnoxious, but pretty fucking close. And and they've been around the block with this college world series. This isn't this isn't their first rodeo, and it's not exactly Notre Dame's first rodeo, but it might as well be. It's been twenty years. UT is a is a regular um, at this event, so you look at how we match up, and they have the edge in hitting, mostly in the power numbers, because. You know, Tennessee hit 158 home runs this year. That was number one in the country, which was like almost two per game. Texas hit 128. That was number three in the country. So they hit 128 home runs. Notre Dame only hit 75 on the year. So, you know, they're they're hitting... Or sorry, Texas is hitting uh, two home runs a game. Tennessee was hitting like three, I think, or some close to three home runs a game. But anyway, um, they're hitting quite a few home runs. We're not so much with that. Uh, slugging percentage, they've got us covered there. They're slugging 560. We're only at 478. Um, they have a slightly better batting average, uh, 316 to 294. Uh, but we're right around 300. But... So, but all those numbers would oh man, Texas just 
ripping the ball, right? Well, when it comes to runs per game, they're averaging eight runs per game. Notre Dame's averaging 7.6. So that's what I look at. Like, you can hit all the home runs you want. You can have all the batting average you want, all the slug. At the end of the day, that doesn't win games. Runs scored wins games. And we're pretty darn close. Eight runs versus 7.6 per game. In terms of runs scored, we're right there. Like, it's very close, you know. And we just played a team that was better than us in every one of those categories and better than tennis, uh, better than Texas in every one of those categories. So, <clears throat> I mean, again, it's not apples to apples just because we beat Tennessee. We automatic, like, we're not, we can't think like those Tennessee fuckheads. Oh, we're automatically in the College World Series. It's go time. No, and we're not automatically going to win the, the game on Friday. But there's a lot of things that point to us winning. You know, we, we line up very well against Texas. So, you know, with that in mind, you got to – so that's the offensive side of the, the coin, right? They, they got us in kind of the, the power numbers and whatnot, but when it comes to scoring, we're pretty much right there with them. But when it comes to pitching – uh, Notre Dame does have the edge. Uh, and in some cases, it's I don't say it's significant, but but it's still pretty damn close. There's, there's only a couple spots where uh, Notre Dame has a more decisive edge. But you look at uh, ERA. Notre Dame's ERA is three point nine five. Texas is four point one nine. So right around four runs a game each team gives up uh you know and then you look walks we actually walk more batters than they do 3.9 versus 3.6 per game or per nine innings i should say and then but case per nine we're striking out almost 11 guys per nine innings they're only striking out 9.1 so there's a significant difference and our strikeout to walk ratio is uh, 2.78, where there's only 2.48. So we're striking out more guys. And we, when they're hitting like they are, we got to kill that potential eight-run, four-home run inning that Tennessee put on us. We got to cut that out with some strikeouts. You know, don't let them put the ball in play. You know, just strike them out. Let's get it done. But then you look at whip, and we're the same. 1.29, 1.3. It, we're the same, uh, but we're the, and then fielding. You know, I one guy said, "Well, we're the best fielding team in the country," which is true. They're number one in fielding percentage, and Notre Dame's number twelve. So there's not too much of a difference there. But I go back to the game we just played. Tennessee is the best in all but one of those categories. So. Like, what are we talking about? It, we've already played a team better than what this Orange UT team is going to bring. We just have to play our game, stay within ourselves, and do what we do best. You know, that's it. You know, and uh, the thing is, UT, while we do strike out a lot of guys... They will walk. They will watch pitches. Um, you're not necessarily going to get them to swing based on what I can 
see and look up, you know, they're averaging almost five walks a game where we're at 3.5. So <clears throat> they get five walks a game. You know, that's that's significant. You know, we got to think about that kind of stuff. But it, we don't have – we play a very nice, solid, rounded form of baseball. All right? We have our guys – and they know what they do and they know what they don't do. You know, like Lamana, how huge was his home run? I mean, no bigger hit in his career, I'm sure, at this point, than a two-run shot to tie it up to go to the College World Series. He's our best hitter based on average, but he doesn't really hit for power. He just goes out and does his thing, you know. But in terms of all-around power average, it's, it's Jack Ziska. Guys hitting 317 with 13 home runs. But we're going to play guys that have bigger, badder numbers than that for University of Texas. But we just, you know, we just have to come up and get quality at bats, you know, put the ball in play, make solid contact, and, and let the don't don't try to be the hero, you know. And I don't think Notre Dame does that. I don't I, I've watched enough of their games this year, which still isn't a lot, but you know, especially the college or the tournament so far, and it's just we have we have guys that just know what they know what they do, they know their thing. The one thing we got to cut out is silly base running mistakes. If you guys watch the Tennessee series, silly base running mistakes, you just can't do that. You can't do that and expect to win. We we got to be smarter than that. Um, but things line up for us to win, and. I'm a big fan, you know. Uh, I, and I mean, I mean, I'm a big fan of us winning in terms of I, I would pick us to win, I would bet us to win against ten, Texas. I really would. Um, Notre has been good all year. Uh, we just you saw what we did against Tennessee, um, Texas Tech, you know, the good teams, and we're we're beating them. In fact, in the end of the season poll. Notre Dame was ranked, I think, 14th, and they were 7-2 against the rest of the top 25. So Notre Dame beating Tennessee is not some, you know, out-of-the-blue, unranked, David-slaying Goliath. Um, it may feel that way, and it was an upset, but it's not the upset that people want to make it out to be, in my opinion. Notre Dame has been solid, is solid, and will continue to be a solid baseball team. And Link Jarrett has a lot to do with that. Please let him stay in South Bend. Probably not going to happen. He played at Florida State. It's the South. It's you now it's still in the ACC, but um, he's likely going to Florida State, guys. But he has a big reason to do with all the things, like all the things we've been doing. And you know, but we've got we've got solid bats with Lamana and Putts and Ziska and Brannigan and uh, Cole. You know, we got good dudes. And then our pitching staff. We have an ace. We have a legit ace. And John Michael Bertrand, he needs to bring his A game. You know he's they're throwing him against te- Texas. You know they're throwing him against Texas. He just has to bring it and do do what he does. You know, then shit, things go south. Bring in the freshman from Jersey, Jack Finlay. Dude was lights out against Tennessee. That was impressive. You know, so uh, I'm not gonna do multiple shows, College World Series stuff. Um, you know, it is, today, today's my birthday, but I get my uh, three oldest kids. I got them for two weeks, and 
you know, I'll be watching the games and I'll be on Twitter and stuff, but I don't know if I have time to cut out to do a, uh, a full-on podcast. Uh, now, if we win the whole damn thing, there, there shall be a podcast, most definitely. But while I got you guys here, um, my assumption, I love assuming things. I love making asses out of you and me. I really do. I, it's one of my favorite things. I'm looking at A&M being the next opponent. We're going to beat Texas, and then we got A&M. And A&M is worse than Texas in, like, every category. Like, they're, they're wor- and they're close to us, but worse. Like, our batting average is 294, A&M is 292. We've hit 75 home runs on the year, they've hit 80. Our slugging is 478, A&M is 474. We score 7.6 runs per game. They score 7.5. So, and then uh, ERA. Well, this is we're three nine five. Their ERA is four six eight. Our pitching whip one two nine. Theirs is one four two. Fielding percentage. They were ranked in like the two hundreds. Our fielding percentage is nine nine eighty. Theirs is nine sixty seven. Um, but they, I think they're going to beat Oklahoma. But if we can beat Texas. A&M is not as difficult an opponent, um, truth be told. And it'll be fun. I, As a Texas resident, again, that is going to be cool to knock out the entire fucking state of Texas. However, they could circle back to, to get us again. Because obviously you go to loser's bracket, um, and if they keep winning, eventually they, you see them again. That's how they'll... And I don't know the details after... Uh, like, if we went on when Friday, playing Sunday. If we went on Sunday, playing Tuesday. But I'm, I'm honestly, to God, I haven't seen, like, the whole bracket the way, like, it all funnels out, works out, like, who we would play. I just know if we win against Tennessee, or Tennessee, if we win against Texas, we play A&M or Oklahoma. If we lose, we play A&M or Oklahoma. And then if we went from there, I think on our side is uh, is like Stanford or like I said, I I don't know actually I think that's just our four. I don't know how I just don't know how the others. I don't know how they all connect. I really don't. But we will see and find out. Um, I hope you all watch it, and uh, to all my dudes out there with their green. Fighting Irish 8U baseball jerseys. Thank you so much for your support and getting the jersey and wearing it and sporting it. And I'm not trying to say I'm having anything to do with it, but I do find it interesting that um, I made these awesome jerseys. They caught fire. You guys loved them, ordered them. I got a second order already in. Should be done in about, if you're listening, you know, uh, Chris and Kevin, if you guys listen to this. Uh, like three, four weeks, probably closer to four, to be honest with you. But um, I got another order in. But I do find it interesting that I made these jerseys in that same year. Notre Dame's going to the College World Series. I, I'm i not a, you know, one of those conspiracy guys or that I have anything to do with it. I'm just saying it's a weird coincidence. That's all I'm saying. And also... My jerseys are way better than whatever they're putting on the field for the actual Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm just saying, if they wore the green with the blue sleeves and the watermark shamrocks, shit. 
They'd be flying off the shelves and we'd be winning everything. But seriously, thank you guys for uh, all your support of that, you know, my podcast and, you know, everything. Uh, I love doing this. I know they're not as often, but I have been tied up with the baseball and, you know, I just, it's been, it's been a wild spring for me for sure. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode. I don't know when the next one will be. I make no promises. I would love to promise that the next one will be after Notre Dame wins a national championship in baseball, but I don't know. But thank you all. Follow me on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. Start a conversation. You know I will jump in and back up and go to bat for any one of y'all. I love talking some shit on Twitter. But I will see you on Twitter. Thank you all. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.